ever try to be planted while being uprooted? How could you flourish? As my mustard seeds are scattered in the seed, the mountains refuse to listen to me. I'm trying to get away from COVID-19. I'm trying to get away from the hate on the TV screen. I'm trying to get back to life, back to reality. But they telling me this the new normal, but I've never been normal, so chaos ain't new to me. They telling me this the new normal, but I've never been normal, so faith ain't new to me. They telling me this the new normal, but I've never been normal, so hope ain't new to me. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, your new normal will never be the norm because God ain't new to me. So you can keep your new normal and give me back my life because no matter how much things change, God remains the same. And I'm trying to get back to him. I'm trying to get back to reality. I need you to see me breathe, be free. I'm going to go ahead and um, jump right in. And we're going to, if you're taking notes, today's sermon is entitled Back to back okay so go ahead and write on your notepad maybe you're taking notes on your phone we're going to go ahead and say that this sermon is titled back to back aka spoiler alert all right just let me let me throw that in there it's also called spoiler alert and so what does it mean why am i saying back to back we as Christians, we've got to get to the back of the Bible. So many times we are so used to just skimming the, to the, all the way to the end or maybe only staying in the very beginning of something. And so it's important that we get back to the Bible to learn what it is that should truly motivate us in our current walk with Christ. And we're going to explore what should motivate us in our relationship with Christ, our spiritual disciplines, as well as the things that will happen in the end of the book, okay? So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. Just a little sidebar, we've given everyone a Bible here so that you can learn how to navigate your Bible. So if you don't have a Bible app on your phone, or maybe somebody took two Bibles, I don't know, go ahead and get that Bible and turn to Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. And when you're there, say, I'm there. Okay. Say, I'm there like, like the fair. No? Okay. I tried. All right. I think my mic is on. So is everybody there? Perfect. So Isaiah 4, 6, verse 9. We're going to go ahead and start there. It says, remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. For I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. All right, let's hold on to that part that says my purpose will stand. All right, bow your heads and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for every single person in here today, Lord. God, I thank you that you've woken us up this morning. You've got us here to church safely, Father God. And Lord, that we are able to know you, Lord. Hearts, unlock our ears so that we can receive what you have for us here today in this word. Amen? Amen. All right. So remember we talked about this word purpose right in that very last sentence there was a part that God said my purpose will stand okay and that's so important that we understand what God's purpose or will is right and so in lieu of the purpose we have to understand what drives purpose what drives that is motivators or passion right 
And so I thought of two different types of motivators that help us in our walk or sometimes don't help us in our walk. And the very first one is a life motivator. And if you're taking notes, write that down. Life motivators equals God, okay? All Christians, all of our life, as Christians, all of our motivators must be rooted in God, meaning everything we do should be centered on Christ and Christ alone, okay? That's very important. But first, we must know what things we are rooted in, um, and we have to understand what is God's will. Very important. How to be rooted in God and what his will is. Because if you don't know his will, you're just going to be continuously walking around aimlessly going through this life without any real purpose or motivation that gives life. Okay? So I want you to check out Ephesians 5. Go ahead and turn to Ephesians 5. That's right in the back, close to Revelation. Ephesians 5. All the way in the back. And we're going to start at verse 8. It says, for, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. The fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. We're going to drop down to verse 15. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. Underline this next part, but understand what the Lord's will is. So we see here in the Bible, we see here in Ephesians 5, 8, that God is telling us that we need to know his will. We need to know what it is that pleases him so we can stand against evil. Amen. All right. So when we have these life motivators, I need you to understand that they are tied to God's will. They are wrapped. They are intertwined with his will. Because if we don't have motivators that are intertwined with his will, I need you to understand that they're on the other side. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. So why do we have to understand God's will for our life? Where there are so many reasons to understand this and to actually ask ourselves, what is it? What is God's will for my life? How many of you have actually honestly asked, God, what is your will for my life? And I know you've heard this phrase before. Maybe sometimes you've heard it in the main sanctuary or you've heard it on, um, on different videos or you've heard another pastor say that word, God's will. But have you ever asked, what is God's will for my life? So important. And so when you ask that question, you already start the process of going deeper in your relationship with Christ. And so going deeper, I want to show you some scriptures that actually express clearly and thoroughly what God's will is for our life. And once we understand these, we're able to then customize it to what God is speaking to us personally. But first and foremost, we see in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. First Timothy 2, 3, 4 says, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. First Thessalonians 5, 18 says, Give thanks 
in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid being sexually immoral. Luke 9, 23 says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. Proverbs 3, 5, 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and always submit to him and he will make your paths straight. 1 Peter 2, 15, for it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence ignorant talk of foolish people. Matthew 6, 10, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance, aka forgiveness. Micah 6, 8, he has shown you, O mortal Lord, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and love mercy and to walk humbly with God. And finally, Hebrews 10, 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you receive what he has promised. So I know that was a lot. But I need you to understand that God's will for your life, for Christians, his disciples, is not some hidden treasure. It's not some hidden thing that you have to go diving deep for in all of these um, endeavors just to figure out what it is. It says it plainly. It says it multiple times. It says it in different ways. So if you may not have understood the first way, you can understand this way. So God is telling you, I have a will for you and I have such great things for you. I can't contain it in just one scripture. I can't contain it in just one sentence. I need you to know that if you do not understand what God's will for you, his will is abundant. So never feel like you are being subjected to oppression when it comes to God. No, he says, he says that I came to give you abundance. So we need to understand that his will for our lives is abundant. Amen. All right, come on now. God's will for our life here is that we as his sons and daughters, we've, we're going to go ahead and focus in on all of these scriptures that I just read. His God, God's will for our life is that we as his sons and daughters have a future, that we become saved and gain knowledge of the truth, that we give him thanks in all circumstances, live sanctified, deny ourselves, live for Jesus, submit to God, so he can make our path straight, do good and silence ignorant talk. His kingdom come and he's going to create a new heaven and earth that we won't perish, but come to repentance, that we act justly. We love mercy, walk humbly with God and finally persevere and receive what he has promised. That last part is so important to persevere because there's going to be a time where it's not going to be so sweet. Well, we're not going to be able to walk around freely expressing the gospel. I need you to understand that there are some places in the world right now that people are being killed. There are pastors who are being beheaded because they are sharing the gospel. What I have here, what y'all have in your hand, there are people losing their lives 
but I need you to understand that this is not unbiblical. It is a risk. Why? Because God took a risk on us when he sent his beloved son to die for me and you on the cross. So I need you to understand what's at stake here. And we're not normally in the book of Revelation, but I need you to understand what's happening in the end. That's why this message is called back to back, AKA back to the light, back to the back I mean. So today we're gonna talk more about this and I need you to understand what it is that God's will is for our lives. And so we talked about life motivators and now we're gonna talk about non-life motivators, okay? So those are the two types of motivators. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down non-life motivators equals sin. I'm gonna say it again. Non-life motivators equals sin. And you're probably like, why are you saying non-life? Is that even a word? Is that even a phrase? Well, we're gonna debate that. I said that is because these things encourage death and not life. And if we understand this, then we can also understand that when we allow sin to be our motivator, we're actually giving praise to Satan. How many of y'all were here on uh, Wednesday when we had our Bible study and we were talking about the different types of teams that we either choose or don't choose, right? So we've got team Jesus and then we've got team Satan, right? When you reject team Jesus, then you are automatically put on team enemy. How is that biblical? Well, Matthew 12, 30 says, whoever is not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scatters. So that means if you are not on team Jesus and I mean truly on team Jesus, it's gonna be apparent in the end times. God is gonna say, depart from thee, I never knew you. And personally, that scripture scares me because I don't want, I don't want for God to say he didn't know me. And the only way for somebody to say they didn't know you you as a women shooting in the gym is if there's no relationship there. So I'm trying to tell you today that if you don't have a true relationship with Jesus Christ, that it is important that you get one and you start developing it. Why were well, we about to get there? James 1 13 through verse 15 says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they, drag, when they are dragged by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it leads to death. So that's why this phrase is non-life motivators, which is our sin. And there's a whole list of things that I could say is sin, right? Like we're all on the same page that sin is missing the mark. Sin is doing anything that God does not approve of, that does not praise God, that does not please him. All right, so I don't have to go into word by word what each sin is, but we all are on the same page here that God doesn't tempt us with sin, okay? We are allowed to be enticed. And so all things that motivate us, that don't give life, they lead to death, all right? And so why did I say all of that? I said that because we need to understand how it is that we get to the back, AKA the end, AKA the back of the Bible, Revelation, end days, the end of history. We gotta understand what should motivate us on our walk because we are in preparation season right now for the real and true test at the very end, okay? And so anyone in here ever be really excited to read a book 
and you are you're you pay for you at the bookstore right and you get to the very first chapter and what happens your excitement just continues to build right and you're like oh my gosh this is already starting off fantastic i need to know how it turns out and what do you do you go to the back of it you go and you read the summary somebody's smiling i know some of y'all have done that i've done that and so maybe on the other hand we some of us here love watching our shows right and we go to youtube and we look for these analysis and these youtubers are telling us what they think is happening in the show, right? And then you get like midway into the video and what happens? Spoiler alert, right? They end up spilling the beans, they end up accidentally or maybe intentionally telling you what happens in the end. Am I right? Anybody ever have that happen? And so I need you to understand that God doesn't hide anything from us. God in that same way, he gives us spoiler alerts. And I wanna shift your perception on spoiler alerts and instead say that maybe there are some good ones. Maybe there are some good things that are foreshadowed because could you imagine if you never know the end and you think that there's only here today and right now? God doesn't want us living aimlessly. So the things that we're motivated by is one of the things I mean is the end, is Jesus, is when he comes back and when war is raged. So I want y'all to know that we have something to look forward to. If God didn't reveal the end to us, most of us wouldn't keep reading or choose to live out the journey without knowing the end of his story because we know what's happening right now. So. I need you, I want to shift your perspective and tell you all that there are some things in the Bible that God reveals to us as far as the end, right? We know that Jesus is coming back. We know that the enemy loses. We know that the kingdom of heaven wins the war. Amen. The question I have for you today is what are you living for? It's so important. What is it that you're living for? Are you living for God? What is motivating you? Are you looking forward to the end or are you just living in today? What is it? Really ask yourself that. And if the answer is in Jesus, well, then I got to tell you, the only thing that we should be living for is Jesus because he died for us. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for you. He died for all of us so that we could have life, a life more abundantly. So if maybe you're in here and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Tiana, I'm not living for Jesus. I'm not truly living for him. I'm living for the shoes. I'm living for the money. I'm living for an inheritance. Whatever it is, I need you to turn away from that and choose the gospel. Choose Jesus because he died for you and he loves you more than anything in this world. And I'll never, ever be the same after accepting him into my life. So if there's anything more important is that we should be living for Jesus. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so how do we live for Jesus? How do we, we live with the end in mind? We live with the end in mind by understanding that there is one in the first place. Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to say it again. How do we live for Jesus? We live with the end in mind. And how do we live with the end in mind? 
by not forgetting that there's an end in the first place. And what I'm getting to is a good illustration to show you that these things that we have here today are going to be gone. They're going to fade away. They're not going to last. These clothes that I have on, they're going to be gone in the end days. I don't even remember what I had on five years ago because they're gone, okay? So I need you to know that the things that you are putting your trust in that's not Jesus, whatever it is, fill in the blank, those things won't last. There's no salvation in them. So if it's a friend, if it's a, a, a spouse, if it's maybe somebody that's giving you money, I don't know what it is, but if it's not Jesus, if the name is not Jesus, there's no life in it. There's nothing that can save you more than Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you haven't chosen to live for him, I need you to know that in the end that will be exposed. Not by me. I'm going to be judged too. But also, but I'm sorry, by Jesus so I need you guys to understand that. Let's turn to Revelation 11:18. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants of the prophet and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. So the judgment day will come and not everyone will get in. And that's why it's so important for us to receive salvation. <clears throat> It's not enough to just be a good person, y'all. It's so important that we understand that being a good person is not enough to get into heaven. It's salvation and repentance that gets us into heaven. And the enemy is so tricky. He wants to distract you from the truth right now, but I rebuke him in the name of Jesus. I'm going to say it again for those who missed it. It is not enough to just be a good person to get into heaven. It takes salvation through Jesus Christ and repentance for us to enter the kingdom. <clears throat> and Jesus says in the book of Matthew that <clears throat> there's a, a big spoiler alert. Everything will fade away. And so before I talked about money will fade away, clothes will fade away, Instagram will fade away, right? And I want to give you just a visual of that. So you can see, so like here we have fast food. How many of us love fast food? I love fast food, right? But let me share with you, fast food is gonna fade away. One day it's not gonna be here. What about our electronics, right? How many of us love our, we got a whole bunch of electronics in here. But let me tell you, video games, all that stuff, one day it's gonna fade away, it's not gonna be here. Or maybe plants or, or vegetables. One day all of these things are not gonna be here. Why? Because the end is coming. And I don't mean to sound cliche, but I'm telling you the truth. If we do not repent and ask for forgiveness, you might not, you are not on Team Jesus. So don't by default choose Team Satan. Don't, don't do it. And that's why I'm here as your youth pastor to tell you the truth and to tell you how important it is. Because y'all already see that there's attacks from, from me trying to tell you the truth. But in Jesus' name, the truth shall come out and the truth will always be exposed. It just is a matter if we want to accept it or not. So do you want to accept the truth? Do you want to accept the life? And do you want to accept the way? Who's Jesus? Come on, Jesus has... A will for you. God has a will for your life. We're going to go ahead and pray. I'm